So, Bob, you knew me all the way back in high school, right? Yeah. Would you say that I was athletic back then? No way. What do you mean? Not even close, man. What? <laughs> Why are you saying that? You throw me down? I was on the football team. Football team on the bench. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I mean, you're you're right. Yeah. You're right. I was on the bench. Uh, that's not true. I actually played two games. You did two I mean, games. I didn't go to the games, so I wouldn't. Know. Yeah, some friend, dude. What about you? Were you athletic? No. <laughs> you're lying. I know you used <laughs> to run. You're just a little stick boy. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people don't regard those sports as real sports. You did track and field and cross country, right? Yeah. Did you? How track. many years did you do that for? Track I did for four. Jeez. Cross country I just did for one because I didn't really. And what about band? That counts as that. Band? Uh, we run the mile in marching oh. band. Uh, marching band is intense. Okay. Hey, I will give some of those kids some credit. It does, you know, holding a tuba, you know, for a couple miles, that sucks. But other than that, like, it, it has some, you know, some hold in the sports realm, but barely. Not, not at all. Well, hey, I might have been fat, but at least I was getting outside to play sports. <laughs> And some people consider sitting at a desk in front of computer sports. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Everything Comes From Something, episode 29. This episode is about esports, and it is featuring my special guest friend, Bob Ack Tabrizi. Welcome to the show, Bob. Hi there. Thanks for having me. Dude, thanks for coming on. Uh, something happened with Cameron this week again. You know, Cameron's graduated from school, so he's busy pursuing a career making movies and doing video stuff, so he had too many shoots this week. He couldn't even focus... On doing anything so I was we were trying to collaborate a time but he was like dude I just can't find time to drive down to San Jose uh, when I'm working on video stuff and so Bob is in town he's on spring break and lit Ooh. you know what it is and uh, I was like dude you should be on the show it, it would be a good time um, but before we get into the topic of the day I just want to say if you enjoy the show you can check us out on patreon.com slash ECFS podcast throw a couple of bucks our way make sure you listen to the show first because if it's garbage, why would you support it? And uh, then you can also check us out on all the social media stuff. We're there. You can find us. But the big stuff about podcasts is that it grows through word of mouth. So tell a friend about it. Give us a rating on iTunes. And that's all the plug-in I'm going to do. Besides the fact that we are shouting out our Patreon producers, Darren O'Neill, Kiana Lay, Eric, and Ariel Walk. Thank you guys for supporting the show as executive producers. They give it the highest tier, and so they're on our creative team, and they help us come up with topics for the show. If that's something you're interested in or you just like the show, again, support us on patreon.com slash podcast. You can check us out there. So I try to read that as quick as possible, if you don't notice. Did well. Guess what, Bob? You don't even listen to this show at all. I, I have a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. Why? Why you gotta? Why you gotta lie? I'm not lying. I listened to half like, half the show. Was it really half, or was it like two minutes? It was a good twenty minutes. How you, how long do these usually? Well, okay. And there you go for an hour and a half. Okay, so, so I, I listened to like thirty percent. Dude, it, I gotta I gotta be real with you. Some people are like, dude, I don't have time to listen to I mean, a show like that. I think it's cool. Uh, you can have in the background playing. You know, like usually I was, I listen to stuff on my phone. I don't know what's going on with Spotify, but I listen to my phone. Yeah, you know, you were you were pointing out to me that we were having issues with yeah. uh, Spotify, and so I'm sorry for you who listen on mobile, and even on desktop. They've split us into two artists. Everything comes from something, and everything comes from something. The same exact title, and our library of episodes is split between two artists. So I'm gonna try to figure that out this week. I just apologize for the inconvenience. All the episodes are on there if you're looking for a specific one, but. 
it is frustrating that <laughs> they are just not on the same page. I, I don't know why. It's weird. But besides the fact, Bob, I have known you since fourth grade. Fourth grade? No. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's true. Don't be don't be dissing. Wait, is this rewind time? Okay. <laughs> Re- rewind time. Um, fifth. Was fifth, it fifth grade? Fifth grade, I think. Yeah. I thought it was fourth grade. Because I, I know this because I went to private from for uh, up up until fourth grade mm. and then i went to uh guadalupe at fifth grade right i don't know if i saw you at guadalupe though did you see me? yeah yeah i knew you because maybe i was just a, a, it, a noisy kid no 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 no. you weren't noisy um you're just wearing your glasses and talking about runescape same oh. old thing oh but uh my my friend david allman he used to be a supporter of the show and he still loves the show and listens um david is the reason that i have any friends at all it's really weird. I just meet everyone I know through David. For some reason, like all my good friends to this day have a connection to David Allman. And so shout out to you, dude. But <laughs> I didn't like Bob the first time I met him, actually. I mean, who does? Not many people do. Hey, don't don't throw yourself down like that. I don't really give off the best first impressions a lot of the time. Okay, though. I'll give you Let's that. Let's be fair here. It, it is true. So, I mean, it turns out everyone's going to hate you. On this show. It's just, yeah, maybe. Right at the beginning. They're like, dude, this guy, what's his deal? What is this kid? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. So, I didn't like Bob because he was walking with David, and David was my friend, and I remember in elementary school, I was like, who is this new kid? Uh, this is so annoying. All they do is talk about RuneScape and walk around the track, and they used to just walk the track and talk about RuneScape, and I didn't know anything about RuneScape, and it triggered me, uh, and I was just like, I give up. I don't like this. I actually made a runescape account to try to understand what you guys are doing because i hung out with david once he's like yeah let's play runescape and they're like oh click on this chicken kill this chicken and i was like i i don't get it sounds fun there's no joystick dude I, these aren't the video games i play oh yeah um but yeah we we became friends later in middle school and i know that the title of this episode is about esports so if you came here just for the esports stuff we're going to cover that the timestamp is going to be in the description bob and i we do play a lot of PC games together, so we're going to give a little bit of commentary on that. If gaming's not your thing, you know, last episode was about gaming, so we wanted to start with more of like a personal story about how Bob and I know each other. And so if you're only here for the eSports stuff, check the description, timestamp, we'll get into that stuff. But for now, I just want to run through a history of the shenanigans Bob and I used to pull together <laughs> in school, dude. So, I mean, what was your first impression of me, Bob? When did you meet me? Um, Let's see. Looking back, I think I I'm not sure if I saw you in fifth grade. I don't remember in fifth grade to be honest, but I don't remember yeah, yeah. much from fifth grade. Um, in middle school, I definitely I I definitely heard of you from sixth grade, but I don't think we met each other really until eighth. Yeah, we didn't really become friends till eighth grade. I'm yeah. I think what happened is we had like every class together in eighth grade. In eighth grade, we had I think like two or three. There Definitely. was a there was a lot of classes we had together in that final year. Yeah. And so. that was pretty funny. I I've told this story before on the show, but there was a time where we had a dance unit and do you remember how the two like hottest girls in that class asked us to dance with them? Wait. It me? was I was included yep, in this? Yes, you and me. In it what? was it was uh I don't mean to name drop, but Jessica Uh-oh. Hamchuk Uh-oh. and uh shoot, Donye together. Don- you know, I'm not sure if I remembered this because the only thing I remember from that dance unit was getting, I think her name was like, oh my, uh, like Clarabella or something. It's like, the sweaty hands people. No, no, not the, the cold sweaty, hands. sweaty hands. No, this was like, she was ratchet, dude. She was, she was, I don't know why, 
what what she was doing, but she was doing some ratchet. Dude, dances. what was up with Dartmouth Middle School? You know, yeah, you didn't okay, you didn't seem that ghetto at the time. But then looking back at it, you're just like, why did that that was not normal. What kind of like middle school has just like oh, we have so many places to start with this. There's a lot of places. But like the it was like a weird border school where like kids from a nicer side of town mixed with kids who are in a little bit of a rougher lower income area. Not yeah. to say that the Silicon Valley is low income oh, by any means, but yeah. like there was just this odd mix of like kids who misbehaved a lot. I mean, middle school definitely has that kind of, you know, everyone is a is a, you know, un- yeah. Everyone's in trouble some at some time cuz it's just middle school. I think it's just how it is. But in Dartmouth, we had some really, we had some really troubled kids. And I think while every 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 middle school has this, for some reason they were just grouped up more often than than, than not. There I was mean, like there was this group of like like gangster kids is the best way I could put it. I mean, I was a small little chubby white kid, so I was just scared of everybody. But like the those kids, they were bigger. They all looked older, and they were just aggressive. I remember they hung out by like these. They had like these single alley, like single entrance locker ways connected to a main hall. So like it was like there was this main hallway and they had outdoor lockers, but the lockers were like attached to the building and they were like small little aisles that only had one entrance, if that makes sense. I'm trying to describe it like a shopping aisle, but there's a wall at the end of the aisle. So you could go down and back and that's how the lockers were connected to the main way. They would hang out in the dark corners of those locker hallways and you would just hear them like pushing each other up against the lockers and whatnot. Yeah, there's like I, lots of banging going on over there, literally, and uh, you know, yeah. in other ways too. I think in comparison, like, it's definitely not the worst middle school by far. Yeah, it wasn't. It, it really wasn't that bad. But if you compare it in the area, in the area that we were in, if you compare the uh, Dartmouth to Union, for example, it's crazy the difference. Um, if you look at uh, some of the things that, um, I mean, I don't want to like. You remember uh, Erica? Yeah. Remember that girl? Yeah. There was just a lot of tr- a lot of troublemakers, but for some reason they they had they were all in the same class usually. I would see Erica, uh, er- like she would just be um, terrorizing uh, Mrs. Eggleston. Oh my gosh! So we had this ancient teacher um, who like her skin crumbled off on your paper when oh. she was like writing. Um, she was the most negative person I've ever met in middle school, and she kept telling us to be afraid of the earthquakes and how we're all going to get eaten out by the San Andreas fault in California and like how it's bound to, for us to all be dead. We ain't dead yet. Miss Eggleston. I'm just saying like, yeah. I, I, it's funny how she was saying like, Oh, doomsday is coming. And then how many years has it been since? And nothing has happened. I yeah. Mean, time's ticking still, but that was, she was really, uh, really, really persistent on telling people that the world's coming to an end. Here. She came and took over our eighth grade year for our math class. And like I didn't think I would have to have her again after sixth grade, but she came and took over math class even though she was a science teacher, which didn't make sense now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah, and um, that class was weird because she was upset about her son being in the military, and she kept talking about like, of course that's hard, but like every class she talked about how he was gonna die. I mean, she always said that though. Even in my even in my science classes with her, I was she, like, "Come on, Miss Eggleston, be a little positive," you yeah, know. And yeah. to tell you the truth, I didn't dislike her. I thought oh, no. she had like a, a a good heart underneath a very hard exterior, like a very angry. Oh, like. definitely. I think she she didn't deserve a lot of the hate that she got. Yeah, but that's she for did sure. kind of feed into the stereotype that was given, like that was assigned to her. Yeah, yeah. Where she was just kind of like that crazy old teacher 
that that has but you know eyes in the back of her forehead and she's yep. gonna, she's gonna you know glare at you look at you constantly in the class uh-huh. you know, troublemakers beware you know like dominic dude I, dominic <laughs> okay let's talk about dominic for a second there was a kid in that math class after our pregnant teacher left i he was just psycho dude like he stacked he's st- we had like books underneath each chair right and he stole every book in the classroom and stacked them into a tower <laughs> as high as he could make it. And then Miss Eggleston noticed and freaked out, dude. She, like, yelled at him. But he thought it was so funny that he was building the tallest tower of books. I mean, to be fair, I thought it was pretty funny. I thought it was funny, too. I thought it was hilarious because, like, she only noticed until the end of the class period. So yeah, when, yeah. when we walked in, I just walked in, I looked to the right, and then I just see her yelling at Dominic. What's new? She yelled at him every day almost. Yeah, yeah. Dominic, why is there 30 books in the, like... Miss Eggleston, I thought you had eyes in the back of your head. How would you not notice this dude building yeah. a tower of books? But there's also that day where he, um, I'm not sure if you remember, but do you know how like there's bushes by the classrooms? He pulled out, he pulled like a branch and started hitting her with it. Yeah, he hit her with a branch and she freaked out and said she was being assaulted or something. Yeah. I'm, and she sent him to the office. That was like, that was funny. I think that was towards like the end of uh, Dominic's career of harassing Miss Eggleston. I'm yeah. not sure if he was able to get away with too much after that. Yeah. But we pretty much became friends, I I, don't know, I would say like seventh, eighth grade. Around there, yeah. 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 And it was interesting because David went to a different school after that. And we weren't associated at all. But for some reason, I think mutual friends connected us. And we used to play this game. I just remember, like, we used to play this game around these, like, big shipment containers that used to be out on the lawn. I don't know why we had shipment containers out on the lawn. I don't think they're there anymore. No, they're not there anymore. Yeah, that was really sketchy. Yeah, but we used to play this game where we'd, like, chase each other around the shipment containers. It was odd. It was really odd. Honestly, Dartmouth as a whole, looking back, it was just very strange. And it, it just got worse over time hearing about Mr. Knipe afterwards. Yeah. That just got weird. Yeah, so we had a teacher who recently got arrested for sexual assault. Uh, and we had him for three years. He was our band director. And it's a meme. Like, we we were drunk. <laughs> like, it's terrible. Okay? Like, yeah, uh, let's start good. by saying, like, it's terrible. But it's funny to us because we had him as a teacher for three years. And, you know, he was, like, the cool teacher, like, to be real. Everybody saw him as a good teacher. Everybody saw him as the cool teacher, right? And it's kind of very dark and disgusting now that you look back on that. But, um, yeah, like we, it's funny to us because Bob didn't get along with Mr. Knipe at all. I mean, he didn't really like, to be fair, we weren't really the, the, the most, um, how would you say, uh, respectful students of his. Yeah. We, uh, me and a good, good, good couple other people uh, in the trumpet section, we weren't exactly the most, uh, cooperative, I guess you could say. I think a lot of it was just because how he treated us as students. In the beginning, he... He wasn't really the best teacher. He had to go to classes. I'm not sure if you remember, but he had to go to like uh, classes for teachers. No. Because he had anger issues. I didn't know. Well, maybe not anger issues, but uh, I think in sixth grade, the first year he, he taught, he held students in for the, almost the entirety of lunch. Oh, I do remember that. And that's a huge issue. Like, people complain. You're not allowed to do that. Yeah, yeah. You can't, like, maybe like two minutes, maybe three minutes, but like 30 minutes. You can't do that. Yeah. That's not something you're allowed to do. And then the district was like, hey, this is not good. We're going to send you to his camp and you got to learn how to be a teacher, which makes this even more interesting because he originally wasn't a teacher to begin with. And then he kind of just slowly became one. Yeah. I mean, I re- uh, this is going to sound weird, but like I I work for a church and we recently had a sexual predator like identification program that was taught by lawyers. We had to sit through and 
it was really interesting about how on this program they talked about how like sexual predators usually just want to be people that are easily trusted and that's why they find issues with teachers or like people who work for churches or you know like the people that are the helping hand the people that are easy to trust right yeah yeah and it's sickening to sit through a class like that and it and it's hard to right but when i'm sitting there the whole time i was just thinking about mr nipe and i was like dude the signs were clear you know well that's that's the thing though everyone can always say oh you know like i totally knew i knew i i i knew well, all this time i anyone but, can say that it's but, true, but there was like a one time I walked into his office and there's like two girls in there and one of them was like sitting on his desk, which was just weird. Yeah. That's the main issue I had though. I, I had this issue with him, but I, I couldn't, I mean, I'm not going to say, oh, I knew all along because we, we were middle schoolers. How yeah, were we no supposed to know? No one knew what was going on, blah, blah, you know, all, all, all of that. But I didn't like him. The main reason why I didn't like him is because I knew that he had a, a select favoritism towards these specific girls. Yeah. And, People can always say, well, oh, yeah, you know, but, like, girls are just more favorited by teachers to begin with because boys are just troublemakers. They're not, you know, they're just yeah, annoying. Yeah, yeah. But the issue was is I noticed all of his band aides, you know, the, yep. his, the people assisting him, they were constantly in his office. And his office, if you remember, is, like, really secluded in terms of the band room. Yeah. He had a camera in front of his office yeah. facing towards the exit. Which is weird, man. Oh, I didn't even remember that camera. Yeah, geez. So he could see when someone's coming to his office. And it's just, that's even creepier. I thought that was really weird. Because if you would, go, like, to get, to get to his office, you have to turn around the corner. It, like, you had the band room area, and then you'd have to keep walking and then pass the camera. And then you have to turn around. So he had blinds and everything. You couldn't see what was happening in that office. So that's especially sketchy. But I just thought it was just weird that he always had girls in his office during lunch, especially. And yeah. that's kind of what they they uh, they highlighted in the uh, the reports recently. Yeah, there was in the reports that we read recently about this, and and this is a little bit of a tangent. I know you guys are like, oh, this is not yeah. what I expected for school throwback. But we're trying to say Dartmouth was weird, man. Um, weird. There there was something about like the the office had taken note of like these issues, and they did nothing. Yeah, and it's like that's pretty sad you know yeah the issue is is having that balance between taking in feedback from students and trusting the the instructor right yeah it's hard to kind of but the thing is though which which bothers me and a lot of people is a lot of students had stuff to say about him yeah and the admitted the admin actually knew something was happening but they didn't i'm not sure if they either neglected to do something or if they like i'm not sure i'm not sure what the call was and only only they know but we'll we'll see if the as the investigation unfolds. But definitely a mess. That yeah, I think I think Dartmouth has gotten better now, though. I'm sure. No, I I, I guarantee it. Like the school looks much cleaner on the outside now. Yeah, there's no uh, people throwing trash cans the gym anymore. That was that oh was yeah. Weird. They threw they ha- added this new like glass lobby section, and literally within the first week, like the windows were shattered <laughs> by like rocks and stuff. It's such just such a weird campus and. It's, it was an interesting time. But yeah, it doesn't get much better when you go to when you go to high school. Well, I the one thing I really remember about middle school is how people would take these chocolate milk jugs and stomp on them and spray like brown liquid all over the walls. And oh. we had white walls, dude. Yeah, I noticed that they've repainted Dartmouth, so good on them. Yeah, the color. I mean, the colors are a bit conflicting now. It's like black and red, or something. no, no, no. It's blue, blue. blue. Yeah, it like was, a deep it was blue. blue. And I was like, dude. 
but the Darnold's is red though. Yeah, like we had a red, black, gray kind of yeah, vibe going. They also have like I think it was black and blue. I'm not yeah, sure they they sure. they don't know what their mascot stuff is. French. Yeah, I was the mascot eel at Dartmouth for a while because I won that treasury thing. Oh I was yeah, in the treasury. yeah. Oh yeah, you had that campaign going. It was um Monopoly Man. Yeah, you. I remember you. You had your your last name in one of the in one of the slogans, right? Uh, pr- uh, probably. It was pretty. It was pretty cringe. Like, it's, I, dude, I won. Hey, say, that's all that matters. That's all that matters, dude. That's all that matters. Suck it, Harit Patel. You got oh, nothing on me. Didn't he get? Didn't he get something though? Nope. I think he didn't. No, I took his spot. Dude, oh, <laughs> that's what was weird. I and I know I've probably mentioned this before, but the when I won that election, like all the kids that were in the you know what is it student government or student government yeah they were all like popular and then there was me right (laughs) i mean you weren't i mean i wasn't that popular you weren't that popular but you weren't like no no one knows who you like right imagine me running for imagine if i ran for one of those things i was literally i talked to like you know not many people i don't know i was just part like basically you're more social than me in high school was i i just i feel like i knew i didn't know anyone in high school I had like a weird high school experience. I mean, high, high school is definitely different for all, all you know, all yeah. kinds of people. A lot of people they look back at high school and they say, "Oh, I absolutely hated high school." Or some people, okay, I don't know of anybody who really liked high school. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure if that exists, but maybe they're like the people who really had fun. Well, but- Juliana, my girlfriend, she went to Los Gatos High, and looking back, she's like, "Dude, Los Gatos High is." a like Hollywood-esque high school. It's a nice high school though. Yeah. She's yeah. like, I know I could say high school sucked, but she's like, honestly, I think it was probably the best it could have been. And it was pretty cool. The thing about high school is, is a lot of people, I mean, obviously it depends on the person, on you know, on yeah. each person. Some people have certain obligations in life that makes high school hard and stuff like that. But a lot of people, they realize when they go to college and pass college is you don't really have as many responsibilities when you're in school. And in middle school, you can't really take advantage of that because you don't have, the, you know, a car to drive. Or don't you don't really have as much mobility. But in high school is when you have mobility to start doing things on your own and start, you know, getting out there and, and just hanging out with friends whenever you want if you have a car. Not in my case, unfortunately. But for people who do have the freedom to go do that, I think that's why it was a really good part because they had a lot of friends and they were able to do what they wanted at the time without having to worry about, you know, a full-time job usually. Yeah. Like yeah, that. my high school experience was different, and I know you said this too when we got to Lee. Lee sucked, and a lot of people don't like their high school. It's not yeah, like yeah. I mean, there are aspects about the campus that are pretty, but that campus looks like a dump, as far as I'm concerned. Um, it's like a prison, dude. Yeah, I don't like close campuses. I really don't. Yeah, we. The first year I was there, I was like, I have senioritis. Like I'm already done. Senior- like, my freshman year, I was like, this is nothing new and nothing special, and I, I didn't like it. I got my first job when I was a sophomore, um, and so it was different to be working. Like, yeah. no one was working Not like I people. was, right? Because, yeah. I, I mean, my parents were basically like, dude, you got to pay for your own school, and I was like, what? And nobody else was worrying about that in high school. Um, so I just, I've always, like, that's what's weird, dude. I always feel like I've been on a different level of career, I guess, when I'm in school. Like, even now, when I'm walking around my college campus, I'm just like, some of these kids don't like well San Jose State's different but some of these kids don't have jobs yeah yeah. it's weird for me you know that's true yeah no it's it's definitely a lot of people are different stages in their lives people have different paths so it's hard to really compare yourself with other students because everyone has something else something different that they have to take care of you know yeah 
So it's it's a bit it's a bit different that way. In high school, when it comes to not like looking back, there was a huge difference in how some people were able to not only like socialize but just do classes in general. Yeah. Um. I mean, if you look at me, I literally I wasn't really. I it's, I find it interesting that you said I was more social, but my parents didn't let me do anything in high school. Yeah. Well, I guess I'm talking about like awareness of of people, and I think it it happened towards the end. I'd say my senior year is where I was. I I switched this mindset. I was like. I'm never going to see any of these people ever again in my life. And and so in the back of my head, I'm just like, why not just put a good foot forward? Like, I got nothing to lose, you know? I think high school, I was dealing with more more social anxiety than I was in middle school, which is, like, kind of strange, I guess. I don't know. I guess a lot of people go through that in middle school. And in high school, I just felt like small kid on campus, you know? I'm not sure. I, I I really kept to myself for the majority of of middle school and high school. Yeah. Uh, I I didn't really, you know, reach out too much and, and try to hang out with a lot of people. I wasn't really social. But with the people who I did talk to, uh, I was pretty, you know, I was pretty chill. I think a huge difference a lot of a lot of time with people in high school, at least people who um, who do tend to get higher grades and such like that. You know, the nerd. You know, the nerd yeah, type. Yeah. A lot of the people that do well on the exams and and quizzes and such like that in high school. They have this attitude that a lot of people don't like. And what I mean by that is is you have like some quizzes where people are like, oh, hey, can you help me out? You know, yeah, so, yeah, something yeah. like that. And the way I saw it was, back then at least, was you know what? no one really cares about some random, you know, Mr. Geller's physics class, for example. Oh Nobody cares about what grade you got on Mr. On, on Mr. Geller's physics test. Well, he nobody understood his grading. To, yeah, he S, gave you a P minus. What P is minus, that? No one knows on what on earth was happening. So I didn't mind helping people out of you know a bit here and there because let's be honest, that that class was not that useful. Yeah, it's stupid. And you would have those people who would just be like, oh no, don't look at my paper. Oh, I'm a teacher. Like, yeah, you have different types like that, and I think a lot of the issues that I avoided was from just being chill about things and just being, you know, laid back and relaxed. So you're saying you just let everyone cheat off your paper? Essentially, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the easiest. If you if you don't want to run into problems with people and you want people to like you in high school or middle school, I mean, as long as you don't get in trouble for it, yeah, just, let, just, just be chill. Let's be real. We were in the nerd herd. Well, I, I'm pretty sure that's what we called it. I think so. I yeah. Believe, I believe that. We was. sat at a table and our, our social group was like very small and clicky. That's how it was. That's how most people. Everybody, are. everybody had small. like a super clicky group, yeah. and then towards the end of junior year, senior year, uh, some of our friends got involved with the wrestling team. Yeah, unfortunately. and unfortunately. and and th- so we kind of merged groups, and that was the time where I already felt like a little disconnected because I didn't really know any of the wrestling kids. I had nothing against them. I just didn't know them, and I didn't care to really know them. It if was, that made sense. Yeah, exactly. It was just a different kind of vibe with them yeah they just they just they live life differently than a lot of the other people right we used to just sit around the table and talk about video games like that's pretty much what we did and these guys they'd talk about other stuff and i was like that's fine but i remember that i spent more time hanging out with i mean i'd hang out with you and takeru but i didn't really associate with anybody uh, at the table other than that and then jonathan and i would go do stuff my last senior year right yeah, yeah and i was more involved with like the christian club and stuff that was a headache that was a lot of work like i'm not even kidding that was a lot of work and it was cool though um, yeah that was fun but I mean. yeah like i just felt more involved with other groups of friends but we we still hung out all all through high school oh you yeah know? 
Definitely. I would say like the early years were I just remember senior or uh what was it? Junior and senior year were way better than the first two years of high school for me. Freshman year and sophomore year were super boring. I think for most people it's that way because you just you, you're trying to find your friend group and I don't want to say find who you are because that's not only that's cringy but no one really finds out what's happening at least who they are until way later. It's really weird but I look back at freshman and sophomore year of high school and I visualize if I'm talking about high school I mean I know a lot of people who know me know that I was involved with like my church and I had a decent chunk of my friends there but like looking at high school just high school for for those first two years I picture like a visual desert and I know that's like weird but it's because I used to walk home in the sun oh I used to walk on the on the turf field for football everything was hot that's all I remember is everything was hot and I don't know if we had like drought seasons those years I just something about those first two years felt Hot, boring, and dry. Like, I just felt like I was living in a virtual desert or something. I don't know. Uh, I think for, for me, a majority of the reason why I don't really have, I don't think too much about the social aspect of at least how I, you know, for me in high school was, is I got involved in sports pretty early. Yeah. And within sports, you, you can kind of just make some friend groups in sports. And you're, right, you're, right. you'll just be, you'll fit in, you know, right there. You'll just have sports friends to talk to most of the time. Yeah. So from that, I, since I was in track for four years, I mainly talked to people in track for a lot of the time, which is same thing with the wrestlers. They just kind of stick together, right? Yeah. So you you have um, it's not a traditional friend group though. Whereas with other friend groups that you don't make in sports, you have usually things you like you have in common, more things you have in common. Yeah. With each yeah. Other. Whereas within sports, maybe you just you're just in the same sport and you really don't like anything else someone likes. Yeah. And you have different kind of tastes. That's what that was, was weird. I I played one year of high school football. And it, I started my spring, ye- uh, what, what was it? I think it was my spring freshman year. And I did lifting and preseason in the spring. And then we went all the way through the summer. It was brutal. It was hot. And <laughs> then into my junior year, I was playing f- football and I didn't get to play much. But I remember I just got concussions. I got the crap beaten out of me. Thank you, no one, No one acknowledged the work that I was putting in. I was losing weight, which was cool, but like no one acknowledged any work that I put in. That's good. And the coaches were all a holes, and every coach switched every week. It felt like we never had like one coach set. Oh. They'd come and leave. Yeah, it, that's... It, it was so weird. And the ones that sticked around were real jerks, and they also didn't understand the game. Like I don't even watch football, and I could have made better calls than them. For instance, our catch rate on the football team was probably like fifteen percent. If we did a throw, like a pass, like a pass play. We'd catch it 15% of the time. Horrendous. No one could catch. No one could throw. But we could run the ball. Our our uh, running back had, like, run forever. Like, we'd get 30 <laughs> meters on a 95%, r- like, ratio or something like that. That's pretty good. And I was like, this is good. Like, we should just stick with uh, this kid named Dylan. He was, like, really fast and chill. And, uh, like, we lost so many games because the coach was like, big, big throw. We're going to go for a pass. And they played a pass for four downs, and we'd lose. Like, if you know football, it, it would just... I, it was so infuriating. The times I played, they put me in a position I had never practiced, which is so dumb, dude. Like, they put me on center. You know center? That's the biggest guy with the ball that's, that throws it back at the quarterback. That's unfortunate. I'm not big, dude. <laughs> like, this Samoan dude beat the crap out of me this one game that we won because I was center. Every game I played, we won. 
I want to note that. Wow. Every game we played, we I think won. You were the real difference, dude. I I didn't know what I was doing. I got every oh. game we won. I was pummeled for over half an hour. Like I just got my my well, head beaten in. You were still part of success. Sure, that's dude. I felt it. great. That's. Uh, and then I remember there was three weeks left of the season. I got a concussion in practice from this one kid who ran me so hard in this one like trial thing. Um, Wait, how many concussions did you get? Two or three. Two, one from Caesar. Yeah, one was one was from Caesar. <laughs> Someone did a squat on my head when I was doing a back extension workout. Um, Ouch. That sucked. They had to rearrange the gym after that. Um, I'm sure. That's ridiculous. That shouldn't yeah. happen. And another one was when we were doing this practice about like hitting each other. I don't know. Like they just make you run this line and one guy would hit you really hard. And I was like, what is this practicing? I think they're just trying to get you used to the feeling of getting hit so it doesn't bother you, right? Probably, yeah. But I could never get used to the hit feeling, right? Well, and I just remember, get, I was like, you know what? I'm sick and tired of getting hit. I'm going to go as hard as I can. The next thing I remember is waking up <laughs> on the ground with like five heads looking at me. Oh, jeez. And um, I remember the head coach was like, oh, you you don't have a concussion, dude. You don't have a concussion. You're yeah, fine. You're, cool. you're, you're, you're fine. Good. You're good. You're fine. And uh, like he walked me to my car and I was like, okay. And my mom was like, uh, let's take you to the doctor. And the doctor's like, dude, you got a concussion. You can't play. <laughs> um, and so it, basically I would have had to wait. Like there was like four or five weeks left this season, two weeks of no playing, three weeks of games that I probably wouldn't play. I was like, I quit. Yeah. I quit, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I was like, there's no point to play. Dude, everyone on the football team hated my guts. They what? hated me. And what's like to, why? Like I had friends that were like I thought were close friends. They wouldn't talk to me. For There's what a reason for quitting the team. Oh, I see. Yeah, there, there was. I like, remember you. I remember you were saying something. And like I that. just remember thinking, well, so much for that making friends. Like that was stupid. That was a waste of time. I was like, I hate football. Like I like to watch it now, but I'm like, this is dumb. Like well, these guys were like, oh, we're brothers. They sucked. They didn't even care about each other. They didn't even care about me. You know, like I was like, this is like. I don't buy it. You See, know? There's, okay, that that's the thing. Well, first I want to talk about the coaches, though. Uh, the coaches we had in the track team, at least, they were excellent. They were great. They um they really cared about you know I mean they they really wanted people to do good because it made them it made them look good, but also they were just they they handled the sport differently. They were more serious about it and they were structured. I think that's why I really like the track program because the other programs on on at the school they were lacking in many ways. I, sure, and surely in football they were lacking as well. Yeah. That's the that's the the one downside to sports, at least in high school or even in middle school, is you're really at the mercy of your of your of your coach. Yeah. How how much you how, however much your, your coach cares about the sport and cares about actually improving kids' lives, it's dependent on that. Yeah. If if you have a coach that just wants to relive his glory days or, or something, some weird dream, oh. that's 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 yikes. You know, yeah. that's not good. But. That's that's I think that's one one of the main issues that Lee had in terms of the other sports. Uh, I noticed actually also in the cross country team, the coach wasn't bad, but it's just you could you you just feel a difference in like this like the seriousness of the sport because the, well, however the coach takes it seriously, like the kids will take it just as seriously. Right, and right. If the coach doesn't take it seriously, no one's taking it seriously. Yeah, nobody cares. Yeah. So that's that's that. But with also with the people saying, oh, you know, like people don't want to be your friend anymore after you leave, you know, a specific group. That was that sports in a nutshell, man. Because people people usually when they when they become friends with each other, that's because of their they have one thing in common, right? Yeah. That's something also I can um, you can look at after high school even when you're you're kind of just bunched with people. 
you're not necessarily really great friends with them, but you're bunched with them because of, I, I mean, like you're in, you're in someone's class, you're in their, their you know their their sports team. There wasn't really an, anything of substance really holding them together. Yeah, that's a huge issue I see with a lot of relationships coming out of uh, high school or just even in sm- small sports teams like that. Once you break off from that, you know, and and you move on to other bigger, better things, those relationships don't last because there's nothing holding them in the first place. Yeah. You kind of can't really expect them to be of, of much value. However, that doesn't mean the good things can come out of places like those. It's just they're much rarer, and you have to you have to be more, I guess, realistic about the outcome. Yeah, I think when talking about friends after high school, right? We, or at least. I kind of had to make a decision of like who who's going to stay like prominent in my life because time became like very, very rare. Right. And it's been cool because, you know, the Internet, not to sound like a grandpa, but like the Internet has actually helped me stay in contact with people like you, Bob, you know, as you oh, went yeah. away to San Diego, which has been recent. You went to West Valley for me oh, or yeah. with me uh, oh, yeah. just for you, just for me, dude. Oh, yeah. And that that was fun. Right. Good but, times. Dude, West Valley, West was, Valley good was good. Well, you know, we we spent a lot of time talking about sports, which is in in the right theme, and that and that's actually kind of cool because we're going to talk about esports in a minute. But you and uh, before we get on to West Valley, like, what did you and I do in high school? In high school, there's like three things I really remember, and the first one would be we'd walk. Sometimes you'd hang out with me after school, and we'd walk to Walgreens and then to my house. Yeah, get that Arizona iced tea, and then just play Black Ops forever or modern warfare 3 like we'd only play like two of these older call of duties i've got every call of duty but you're like no dude we only play black ops it's the best only one. only black ops that's the only one you really like huh mainly there there aren't that many games where i i have i, I hold praise to them because i'm very selective about what games i like to play you're very critical yes of course i i feel like everyone should be Wow. You can't you, you can't you can't give credit where credit is not due. I uh, I make a bad impression. No, no. <laughs> hey, yeah, it's true. Hey, that's one of the reasons why. But I mean, I think you have a lot of validity. Sometimes I remember we'd play games together. Like I'd get excited about Black Ops too, right? And we'd start playing it, and you'd be like, "Dude, this is in the future. It's stupid." And I was just like, "Why can't you just enjoy it? Why can't you just like?" relax it's the same game like it's just play it dude and you're like yeah but it's not it's not in the past it's not cool and what's funny is that although i still it still frustrates me that you're so anal about certain games like i'm like bob let's play apex and you're like nah dude i don't want to play apex like that looks stupid you know okay to be fair i didn't necessarily say that i just didn't have time okay i didn't okay the game is free dude yeah like downloading that takes like six hours on school (laughs) wi-fi so it didn't seem worth six hours. All right, all right I'll give you that, okay? okay. Uh, but with that said, still, right, every game that I try to get Bob to play, he hates. Not right? necessarily, though. Dude, in the past, at least, you always hate every game before you even try it. Great example. Great example coming up, Fortnite. You, When we played that game, a lot of people hate Fortnite now, of course. It's it's kind of ba- it's past its prime. This now. is your one example. This hey, is man. the only game that counts for this. This is an exception. This is an outlier. What do you mean? A lot of people hated Fortnite. People hate. It was so easy to jump on the hate the hate wagon for Fortnite, but I didn't. I was like, I not. I was like, this game is pretty good. Like this is fun. I mean, that's because before, that time in your life you had nothing else. To hey do. man, maybe. <laughs> but but before things got crazy with people building skyscrapers and all that, you know, all that junk, it was a good game, and I, I gave it credit for that. All right, 
All right, all right. But I think a lot of the games that I see, the reason why I have issue with it is just, it's just not something I see myself playing for a longer period of time. If something is good, though, I definitely will, you know, will give it props for that. Okay. Real later, quick. Later Call of Duty's, though, not, not that great. Yeah, yeah. We're going to get to games, all right? Because Bob and I, that's pretty much the main way that we hang out with each other now, right? We'll play video games. And Pokemon Go. We play a lot of Pokemon Go whenever he's in town. It still exists. Dude, Very it's true. it's still alive, man. I got that. Uh, I need that Rayquaza from you after this for that yeah, trade. trade. I need go. that trade thing. Um, don't do it right now. We're on air. I'm not doing it right You're now. You're grabbing your phone. No, I was no. like, Bob, relax. Bob is a Pokemon master in that game. Not not really, but my roommates, for some reason, they, they say I am. But that's just because I catch more than that. You got a social circle that plays that game. Like, if I had more friends around, I think I'd actually care, but I don't. I'm it's, just like, oh, let's play when i can it definitely requires a, uh, a social group to it if you if you play solo you don't really get as much but you can still play with friends that are you know far away but it, you, it, you definitely do have to play in groups for that game okay so other uh other touching memories there's another one about me always biking over to your house sweaty that's 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 the desert yeah you were really hot that's what i'm telling you yeah. so the first two years of high school desert dude that's true so like I'll I just I would bike over to your house being sweaty. I'm like, let's play Modern Warfare Three. I don't have it, and we just play it at your house. And you'd be like, I can't do it. I just sit here. I don't do anything at your house. And so we just play that game. And then the last memory, and this is gonna be your favorite memory, Uh-oh. is the two years of Mr. Wolf's class that we took. Oh, which yes. is like a digital design class. And Bob and I made the best movies ever th- that have ever graced this earth. Those are fantastic. Incredible. Those are great. I, I still have the the Healy's the Healy's video on my YouTube channel. Dude, I have all of them still. I don't have many. I, I think a lot of them are just kind of just gone. They just no. They just, I, ca- like, I kept them all. Mine though. It's like some of some of the garbage ones I made. Oh, remember, oh. Um, like for example, there was like the one gym one I did with like gains and yeah, that weird yeah, stuff. yeah. I have no idea. What that I still was. have my gym one. That's good. Yeah. Like those are gold. Well, <laughs> What's my name? Billy. Uh, <laughs> Billy. I I came up with some alter ego. Like Billy Cool or Billy, Billy, Billy Cool Kid. Yeah. I don't know, something like that. Yeah. That was disgusting. Watching that video hurts me now. That was a fun class, though. Mr. Wolf was pretty cool. Yeah. We had this teacher that was like a digital design class. Econ, econ as well. And econ. Which is a weird combination. Yeah. Uh, but we, we sat in front of computers and we were told to learn how to use the Adobe Suites. And um, we basically just BSed our assignments with Photoshop and then we would play Grand Theft Auto on the computers for hours. Oh, yeah. Just sitting there. But the the funnest part was doing the video. Like, we got to do video projects. And uh, for our econ class, we actually did a video project on housing. And it was about Shrek Swamp. And it was the most confusing that thing. That was a disaster. That was awesome. We it was play- a masterpiece. We, but- we played that video in front of the class with Lo- Lord Qu- Farquaad had a Burger King outfit <laughs> and a pistol. Uh, oh. <laughs> like, and my brother, like, hat was playing donkey, the the donkey from Shrek, and yeah. he just wore a paper mask and crawled on all fours. And if you know my brother, he's a tall guy, so it just looks so abnormal. It looks weird. And uh, yeah, so we had like this weird story about how Shrek owned property on Lord Farquaad's castle. Yeah, it, it was just such a weird. I don't, I don't know, but we played that video in front of a class where no one laughed. Yeah. And Bob and I laughed the entire time. <laughs> and I remember Mr. Wolf was just like, well, that was, that was interesting. We got an A on the project. Yeah, but it, it's just the thing with Mr. Wolf was is he dealt with our antics with uh, with the, the videos that we made because he didn't like a lot of them, at least. 
Remember, I mean, I would record in the bathroom sometimes. I mean, yeah. So apparently, like, it's illegal to record in the bathroom. Apparently, it's not legal. And I tell people this, and they're like, "Yeah, duh. Like, how do you not know this?" It's just like, well, how am I? Sp- like, they don't have that, and you know. He came up to us and said, "Don't film in the bathroom anymore." <laughs> and so every video after that, we recorded in the bathroom. Yeah, and it's funny because he would stop <laughs> us. He would just look at it and be like, "Okay," and then he he, he just, must have gotten a kick out of our videos. I'm sure he did. I mean, for uh, remember. And at least I made it a point in every single video, even the PowerPoint presentations we did. Yeah, I, I wanted I wanted to put Rick Astley in it, just oh. like you, you know the you know, you know Rick Roll. I Rick rolled him like every assignment, and he just no matter what it was, and he would just I, I don't know if he cared. He didn't say anything. <laughs> Maybe he liked the song. But. Dude, you would play Rick. You had we did a advertisement video for Heelys, yeah. and you the video shop was called like rick's rolls and yeah. you just ro- ride around on heelys it was so weird dude yeah and for my last assignment the the video i still have on my on my uh my youtube channel uh i was just riding around heelys on campus yeah and i was like hmm maybe let, let's let's trick mr wolf into thinking i'm not gonna have healy uh, uh, um rick astley in my video for the last video yeah, yeah. for uh you know for the project i had i started it up with a different song and then 10 seconds later Rick Astley was the rest of the I'm pretty sure I did the same video, but with skateboards. It was similar, yeah. Maybe mine was called Rick's Rolls. I think so. The yours was Rick's Rolls, and I'm not sure. I don't but know if all, I think you, me, and Takeru all did a Rick Astley video for that one assignment, just to see if he would notice. I'm pretty sure. I don't think he said anything. I don't, dude. He that that guy was hilarious. He just he, he was, was always like he was always looking at us like Bob and Isaac, <laughs> Bob and Isaac, dude. Like that. Dude, but like I couldn't even make this podcast if I didn't understand Adobe Suites. Yeah, so I that class was more useful than I gave it credit. Like it was, it was, it was fun. I think the main issue that he had with people was people that didn't actually do anything. We turned in stuff. We turned in every assignment on time, but we didn't do them till the day they were due, pretty much. Yeah, we, we mainly played GTA, which is <laughs> I don't understand how how we we're even able to play I, GTA. I don't know. We installed it on the school server. You remember that? Oh my god! We did. We took up all the space, and I, I was, I was just. I remember because he was like, "Guys, we're out of space. You can't submit your assignments." We had the, we had the game on the computers. We installed the game on the server, and, and I wonder if it's still there. I don't know. I don't. I think they must have like changed the. Dude, I would be dying if it was still there. They must have wiped it and actually upgraded. Now, what's funny? That stuff is ancient. What's right now. funny is that like. Other kids found it in the server. Do you remember yeah. you'd watch? Well, you could watch kids across the room yeah. playing the game. Yeah, and then you get yelled at by Mr. Wolf. I'm pretty yeah. sure Mr. See, that's, Wolf. That's why you have to be smart and not play in front of him. There's a little you thing to... called Alt Tab. We sat in the room where the computer monitors <laughs> face the opposite yeah. direction if he could see. Dude, we were. <laughs> he, he walks by and just Alt Tab, Alt Tab to like I don't know what what like PowerPoint or like. I uh, love that class. It was that great. was so fun, dude. It was great. What a good class. And then uh, we we went to West Valley together. And that pretty much just leads up to now. I don't know, like, is there anything else you want to talk about about our youth together, Bob? Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure if there's much else in, that happened in West Valley. At least West Valley was kind of a blur. Not much happened in terms of uh, community college because usually for community college we just kind of just went to classes, like hung out, but like it was mainly just. Well, you were going through health stuff at that time, right? Also that, yeah. That that's also. I mean, what was going on with you and your back? Yeah, so towards the end of my uh, of high school, actually, uh, I was getting ready to go to, uh, there, there's a trip that happens for seniors in that school. We go to Great America, I think. I don't remember it, this. Was it Great America? I forgot what it was called. 
not entirely sure. Either way, we 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 went to an amusement park for uh, AP Calc and uh, AP classes. Oh, oh, I didn't do that. Yeah, oh. I wasn't that smart. <laughs> I mean, okay. So the AP classes would go, and I was excited to go. I was like, yeah, you know, let's 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 go to this this um, it's gonna be a fun trip. I went, I went on the trip. I had fun. I came back, and um, I noticed that well, I was I was fine, and then in the middle of the day one day, I was trying to walk. In my, I remember this in my living room, and I just couldn't move. Really? Yeah. I was getting ready to leave actually to um, to take. I was gonna yeah. I was gonna take an exam, and then I froze in place. I couldn't breathe, and I just kind of stood there. And my my sister, I remember my sister looked at me, and she was like, "Are you okay?" And I couldn't respond. I I actually did, could not breathe. So I think it was pretty apparent to both my sister and my mother at the time that okay. Something needs to be happening. Yeah. We got to take this kid to the hospital. Long story short, um, we uh, we ended up going to the hospital, and I found out that I had a tumor on my spine. Jeez. Pretty. Uh, they said it was golf ball sized, so it's pretty. It's pretty massive. It is huge, dude. Yeah, yeah. It's. Um, was it like protruding at all? What What happened was is it was it was resting on the back of my spine, but it was also between my rib cage to two of my ribs. Ugh. So they said what happened was is it kind of just like kind of just like exploded and the bleeding caused the pain oh kind of kind of gnarly that's but, nasty so yeah. it exploded but it didn't like deflate right no it just kind of bled slowly you know because oh. it, it was yeah so it's like popping a pimple that's like not all the way popped i don't know i don't know anything about tumors so i, I mean i don't know much either man like they didn't let me see it i was yeah. like i want to see it and they said no they just they shipped it off to like mayo clinic or something Jeez. because no one was able to even identify it anyways oh for years they tried to identify what it was they did not know what it was so they're just like you know it's just it's you know it was there but we don't know what it is so that's terrifying when the doctor's like yeah we don't know like how did you even put up with that dude i mean what can you do you just kind of have to just accept it and just be like okay well i mean as long as if it wasn't bad they said it wasn't bad you know what's crazy bob is i don't even remember you talking about it when you were going through that I didn't really like to keep it as a subject when I was. Yeah. Yeah. I, it kind of, so it happened in the end of, um, in the, in the last half of the, uh, senior year. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I missed a lot of class. I didn't even, yeah, I didn't go to many classes. My surgeon actually wanted me to walk in graduation. I told him like, I don't know. I, at that point I was in too much pain to care. He's like, no, no, no. I'll, I'll wait till I'll wait for, um, until you walk and then we'll have the surgery. So I Jeez. walked. I went to I went to surgery day on like painkillers. It was great experience. Yeah. Wait a second. I remember like the week after graduation, didn't you go to yeah. the surgery? It was it was fairly it was fairly yeah. afterwards. Uh since then, I mean, yeah, then then branching into community college, uh it's it's actually it's, things mellowed out, but uh I, I found out actually shortly afterwards that they didn't take all of it out. No, they didn't want to take the risk to take yeah. all of it out. So Ended up in and having to ha- having to have two more later on in CC before I transferred out, just because uh, I, had to, I had the choice to either have the surgeries later or have it before I transferred. And right. I think it's way easier to just have it when you're in community college. And that and after that, I had the first surgery at a uh, Good Samaritan Hospital. I, I visited you. I remember. Yeah, and the the next ones were uh, at UCSF. Yes. And interesting story actually about my next string of surgeries was is my mom. She, uh, we, we were, we were, me and my mom, we were looking for the next surgeon to, to take care of it. And we first were looking at Stanford. 
Yeah. And they're like, oh, yeah, we'll take care of you. You know, everything's fine. The guy seemed very confident. Right. My mom didn't trust the guy. Yeah. I wonder why. I didn't know. Like, you know, Stanford's great. You know, everyone loves Stanford. Right, right. They're so respected in the metal community and everything like that. But it turns out, well, my mom was just like, no, I don't trust this guy. I don't think he's good. Let's go somewhere else. And this was after four months of talking to the guy of getting the surgeries done. So we ended up going to UCSF. And uh, we had the surgeries done there. Uh, first was, um, I had, the first one was uh, was a spinal fusion. Mm-hmm. Uh, in order to access a certain part of my spine so they could get everything out, they had to kind of, they had to take a part of my spine, they had to fuse it with, uh, with some rods. So yeah. pseudo Iron Man kind of deal. <laughs> and then the last part was them taking it out. And yeah. we found out later that through, because uh, I, I had a complication from, actually, I think all three of my surgeries I had complications from, but... The last one I had, I had um, this thing called DVT. I'm not sure if you know what DVT no, stands no. for. stands for deep vein thrombosis or something. Uh-huh. I, I can't pronounce it, but it's basically like a blood clot in your leg. Jeez. Because you, you can't move. Like, I was in the hospital for like two weeks. Yeah, yeah. You can't really move. So uh, I went to a doctor at Stanford, <laughs> a blood doctor at Stanford, and uh, he was Persian. Yeah. And my, my parents talked to him, and he seemed pretty comfortable with my parents. So he, he gave them information. I'm not sure if they're allowed to give him. Yeah, my parents. Something about that doctor you were talking about earlier. They looked, yeah, they looked at my at my patient log or something, yeah, doctor log or something, and they said, oh yeah, um, he wasn't planning on doing what he told. Like, my we we thought he was planning on you know taking the entire thing out. Like, right, that's logical, but he didn't actually plan on doing that. He said, oh no, like he he planned for something else. Yeah, which was very shady because if I did. And if I did end up going through with going to Stanford, I would have been in the same situation and needed to probably get more surgeries afterwards because he didn't want to take the risk to get everything out. Right. So I would have been in the same position. So that's that was weird. Stan- yeah. That was weird with Stanford. But let me just say, as as a friend of you, dude, you really underplayed what you were going through. Like, and I, I think it's just you know that's just how you are. Like, oh yeah, it's all good. It's all cool. But like. When I visited you after they had finally removed it and you were at home, right? Yeah. Dude, Bob was in like a space chair on like 200 pillows, it looked like. Yeah. And you were messed up. You were like really messed up, dude. It was not, it was not a, it was not a good time. We sat and played like laptop games together, (laughs) but like it was pretty bad. Like I, I felt terrible. I was like, oh shoot. Like I didn't even realize it was that this bad because you underplayed it. And yeah, dude, like. You went through it, man, with yeah. that with that surgery. All that matters is, you know, you get through it. You know, I'm here now. That's that's yeah. That's but it. You, and what about your diet, Bob? You're not supposed to be eating so much candy. Yeah, my my surgeon did say you know to lay off the candy, but I I, I want to live my life. A you're as dude. Now. You're a skinny kid, and you eat as much junk as you want, and it doesn't affect you at all. Yeah, I mean, my surgeons he told me with a straight face, you cannot eat cereal anymore. Really? Too much sugar. And I said. Dude, what? Like, I, I thought he was joking. I was like, haha, nice one, doc. You know, you got me. And he's like, I'm serious. Oh my gosh. And uh, I, I mean, I was like, yeah, yes, sir. And then, no, like, I'll have a bit. You know, I'm not going to not ever eat like cereal. Come on, man. All right, dude. Life a bit. Pretty soon it's going to be that softball in your back. Oh, geez. I mean, I, I think, I think with anything, you know, living life. In moderation of things, you'll be okay. Yeah, you gotta live life somehow. You can't be, you can't live, you know, entire life being scared of things. So you kind of just kind of get out there and just, you know, do what you want to do for the most part. You know, you shouldn't have regrets, right? The reason, 
Well, I mean, I, I disagree with that. I don't like the whole no regrets That's thing. That's a joke. Yeah. That, that was a joke. <laughs> just, um, just a reference. So, the reason I wanted to bring up the back thing, Bob, is because when I saw you go through that, there was a couple other situations in your life that like drew into this, but you really learned to kind of overcome a lot of different stuff. And it's been cool to watch you in the last year. You You went to San Diego and honestly, like, the reason I was like, I think Bob's interesting enough to have on the show is because you've overcome things and your outlook on life is more, I mean, even though it hints with a bit of, uh, like cynicism, like it's still like, I, I would hope positive and hopeful. Right. Yeah. I mean, I was, I'm definitely prone to being quite, quite cynical. Ne- I, you're I used, pretty negative. I used to be a lot more when I was in high school. Yeah. But since, since I moved out, things have been a lot better mentally, uh, in terms of thinking, uh, and my outlook on a lot of things. Yeah. Um, but how I see it is, is definitely the, the events that happened leading from high school up until now, uh, they shaped a lot of how I think now it's, it's crazy how much three years has shaped how I think. Yeah. Cause when I look at the, the years beforehand, they have not had as much impact, but that's because I guess, if you look at it, they're huge events, I guess. Uh, yeah. Surgeries aren't exactly an everyday thing that people go through, but it's, it's, I, I tend to like to downplay it because I don't want to talk about it too much when I, when I have a, when I have a conversation with friends, it, it kind of became a, a conversation piece that just lasted throughout my entire conversations with people. That's why I didn't like talking about it too much. Yeah. It was like, being attached to your identity too exactly much, yeah. like you would talk to someone they'd say oh like how's the back i mean that's fine that's all fine but when the conversation turns into like 10 minutes and it's entirely like about my back you got kind of just like yeah i didn't really want to you know i didn't really want to put that on people also because i mean when i was when i was in high school going through the surgery stuff people were still people were just enjoying the last last you know the last semester of senior year right right it wasn't exactly a time where you know people were really too concerned with other things yeah let's be honest here yeah. when you're in high school senior year everyone's you know doing their thing they're having fun i saw it the way i saw it was is i didn't really want to be a burden on people in terms of like oh like they have to you know they have to come visit me in the hospital and always do that stuff like i didn't yeah. want people to be not necessarily sad but i didn't want people to think about negative stuff right because whenever someone goes to the hospital whenever someone's ill it kind of brings out a certain kind of vibe when you, yeah. When you're, when that well, I remember you texted me and you're like, yeah, I'm actually going to be at Good Sam like tomorrow. And I was just like, what the heck? Like, what do you mean? Like everything that you told me about surgery, like just struck me from the side. Like I was so unaware of the things you were going through. And I mean, like I, I hear what you're saying. Like it's good not to dump on people. But at the same time, like I was like, I could have been there for Like yeah, I could have been there for him true. more, you know? It's like, good to keep people involved, which is what I, which is what I learned after my my more recent surgeries is you should you should definitely keep people in the loop especially yeah. people who care uh well yeah before then i was just i just wanted to space it out and just kind of just keep it low which i've learned is not exactly always the best route to take well i think it's a pretty big burden on yourself right and and maybe you're not to terms with that but like some degree i think a lot of sometimes there are some personalities that are like i don't want to burden people you know yeah. And I see that in you, but sometimes it's like people want to help, you know, people like Mr. Knight 
And I'm just kidding. Oh, jeez. <laughs> there, there are people that want to. Um, but like, seriously, there are people that want to help. And yeah. there are people that care about you, Bob. And, you know, like, believe it or not, if you feel like you don't want to burden people like you as a listener, I guarantee there's some people that it's not a burden. Right. Like oh, when shit. I when I hung out with you, I was like, it was never a burden. Definitely. I just felt bad for you. Yeah. I think yeah. I brought you candy one day and you're like, dude, I'm not supposed to have that. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'll eat it. <laughs> Yeah, no, it was nice having people visit, but like I said, back then I, I didn't really want, I, I thought I was imposing on people saying like, trying to like, they're just affecting their lives negatively in that sense. But, you know, since then I, I realized, yeah, it is, you should have people that care around you because not only is it, it means a lot to them because also you're, you're allowing them to be there for you. I think that's yeah. something huge that I didn't, I didn't see when I was younger. Yeah. And I think another thing to note, just watching you grow as a person and whatnot, you moving out was huge. I know you just barely touched on it, but the way that you lived at your house with your parents before you moving out, like really hindered your independence, I think. Oh yeah. And it's cool to see you kind of like live on your own. And now when you come home to visit, it's funny because you're like, oh, like I appreciate this about home. Like I appreciate this. Like my relationship with my parents is different now that I'm older. Like it's not all like depressing and whatnot like and whatnot I, yeah. I don't know it, it's it's cool to see the things you've been through and how you've changed and i know we kind of went a trip down memory lane but that's just something i want to highlight the show yeah but, i mean that's that's the thing when um when i uh when i was in middle school to high school well pretty much majority of my life my my mother was really she had a hard time dealing with, with an anxiety yeah so she wouldn't let me do a lot of things like hanging out with a lot of people even past like 6 p.m she would think that, you know, bad things were going to happen. And a lot of my parents, they just they were just focused. They, they told me to focus on studies and just don't really don't go out and do things. Don't don't you know, don't don't go out in the nighttime. Don't you know, you'll you'll get taken or something like that. They were very protective and it kind of just and just disabled me to do a lot of things in the middle school and also high school. High school, I wasn't really that social because I couldn't hang out with people when they wanted to. Most of the time people wanted to hang out was in the evening to nighttime. And I just had to say no. Uh, it just wasn't an option. Yeah. So since then, uh, since I was, I actually had the freedom now to to leave my house because my my mom was really is really particular about people leaving the house. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Um, Am I allowed to tell a story about your mom? I don't want to be rude. You can. Yeah. It's, that's perfectly fine. There was a time when we hung out freshman year, and I think you decided to walk home, or I was going with you. Like, I think we were walking home. I'm pretty sure that's what happened. Are you talking about the phone call? Yeah. 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 She ended up calling the police or something and because she couldn't get a hold of you. And that was, that was pretty crazy. Oh yeah. So what happened was, is I, I'm not sure if that was freshman year. I think it was sophomore year. Maybe. Yeah. This was, um, this was, I think this was when I had the bike. I, I had to beg my mom to bike to school. Yeah. Which seems so weird because no one begs their parents to bike to school. People beg their parents to, to drive them to school. But I really wanted the independence of being able to go home and, and come back on my own. Right. I, I was always chauffeured by my mom and it just felt too controlling. Yeah, yeah. So I remember this. So I had a, I had a bike uh, that year and I, I used to go to your house after, after class. We I don't think we had... We both didn't have the same last period. I'm not sure if that was that year. Maybe it was a that was a year ahead. I don't know. But regardless, we came back to. I, I used to come back to Isaac's house because on the way to my house. And one day, uh, I was sitting. We were me and Isaac were playing what like Black Ops or something. Yeah. Probably. And Isaac's mom gets a call, 
she she walks in and she says, Bob, your mom's looking for you. And I was just, what? I, I was very confused. I, I, and then I instantly go look at my phone and I see nothing. I saw nothing on my phone. Jeez. And so I was just confused. So I just went and I immediately, I went and, and I got, I went, I went home. What happened was, is my mom tried to call me, but she called the wrong number, which I don't know how that happens. But she called the wrong number, and I think it was this group of teenagers. They were they were just they were confused. Like, who was this lady trying to call me, trying to say, ask where is Bob? Like, who, yeah, who was this lady? And they hang up. And then she calls again because my mom's very persistent. Somehow yeah. she calls the wrong number twice. <laughs> she calls these kids, and these kids are met. They're they they're they're tired of her. They're like, okay, lady, uh, we have Bob. <laughs> We've taken him, <laughs> we have him, uh, we've kidnapped him, and then my mom goes crazy. She's, yeah. This is her worst nightmare. Like, someone calls in, they, we have Bob. Like, it's just, yeah. you've got to be kidding me. And so she hears this, and then she's like, obviously, she's going to call the police. Like, someone's kidnapped my son. And then she then, I don't know why, she calls the police first, and then she calls your mom asking where I am. Like, yeah. where, if she's seen me, which is very strange, she should do that first. But my mom's very, she has, she has a kind of, she has a kind of personality where she she kind of panics and she, I mean everyone wants yeah. to panic. We kind of lose some logic there, right? In in some situations, especially with parents and kids. Definitely, I, I yeah. can understand. But calling the wrong number twice is just that's unlucky. So, <laughs> ends up calling your mom, and so I go back home and I get greeted by a police officer and I and uh, and my parents, and that was a very awkward conversation. Yeah, my mom was like, "Where have you been? Why are you telling me you've been kidnapped?" And my dad's just like, "What?" Like he's just confused. He's just he's he's he was more angry at me because my mom was upset. Yeah. And the police officer is just like, dude, why am I still here? <laughs> this wasn't the first time actually. My uh, the police officer a police officer has been to my house. Yeah. Because of my uh, absence. Yeah. So to say. So I was used to kind of dealing with a situation like that, which is weird. You shouldn't. Right. Used to right. It. But that kind of just gives you like a an example of how protective my my parents are. Like you, you typically you don't have parents calling. The calling the police, but that to to be to be fair is it's really strange situation where, you know, your son has been kidnapped, but that's weird. Yes, for sure. So I mean, with all that being said, I think that story is like hilarious. I'm sorry, it's weird, man. And I have more. I I can I I have <laughs> I have more. I'm sure you could go on forever. Exactly. Point There's of the story is, dude. Like through the stuff you've been through, man, it's just been cool to see you like. Change, like change for the good Thanks, over man. time. Yeah. I mean, to you as well. You've changed quite a bit since. Well, I'm not as fat. <laughs> Definitely, you can run. You can run for more than ten seconds. Yeah, now. thank you, I'm thank you, thank do you, you. Do you still run on yes. hardwood? Yes, I do. Yeah, I was I was thinking about doing it today, but I got too much homework. Oh, so, yeah. And the show is going long. Speaking of which, at the hour mark of everything comes from something, we usually go to a post show called Nothing to Do with Anything, where we just talk about whatever the heck is going on with our life. But we have not got to the main. Well, now side topic of this show, which is esports. And the reason I want to bring up esports is because Bob and I play a lot of video games together. And so for the next half hour, we're probably going to be talking about the esports of now. So our timestamp will probably say like, what, 107? That's where we'll start or something sure. like that. Right. But Bob, what is your. I mean, we obviously touched on where we play video games, but how did you start playing video games? Okay. Uh, I think my beginning of when I started playing games was probably, let me see, I think it was the handhelds, yeah. definitely. Uh, I think, I'm not sure how I got it, 
but my, I think my parents got me a Game Boy Advance. The, the purple one, you know? OG, The dude. purple Game Boy Advance. I only had an SP, Game Boy Advance SP. That, hey, that's much better. I, looking back at it, I tried playing on my Game Boy Advance recently before yeah. before I before I, uh, I left the San Diego, and dude, you cannot see anything on those screens. Dude. I don't know how I played as a kid. You got to pull a lamp right next to it. looks you. awful, so the yeah. SPs are nice. I have to give the SP. The SPs are way better. They're just... I still got both of them. I have a, a weird Shrek one, too. That's weird. I think it's green and orange. It's a bit strange. I don't know why. I don't know why I think it's Shrek. I'm not. I'm not sure if it is, mm-hmm. but. But yeah, my my star was on Game Boy Advance, mainly playing the Pokemon series, uh, Pokemon Emerald. You know, the Emerald Leaf Green Fire Red, and then also some Street Fighter. I played some Street Fighter. Yeah, I think it was like Street Fighter Four or something. Just good times on the handheld, and then branching off from handheld, I started. Uh, I got a PS2, and then I played the uh, the older Call of Duties one, two, three. You know, the yeah. OG. The OG. Those are the classics. Bob's classics, dude. Yeah, I, li- I like those games. I did the OG. Do you even remember which one's your favorite? Uh, I think so, yeah. Um, which I one? Definitely the third one. A COD 3, I hear, is like pretty cool. I liked COD 3. A and COD then, 3 was also, I think, where uh, the in, the, uh, the the multiplayer kind of took, well, not really took off because 64, yeah. you know, 64 kilobytes per second modems were garbage. Yeah, yeah. The COD 3 multiplayer was fun. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Uh Past that, I mean, and then well, on PS2 you have you know your your classic games. You have um, what is it? I had like I played a bunch of random stuff. I don't even remember half of them. But you have like the Jack and Daxter stuff, stuff you, like you that. got all those ATV Offroad Fury games. Exactly. You know? yeah. yeah. And then moving past that, uh, moving on to the PS3 when I actually I uh, stop it. But before PS3, hold there on. There you go. Yeah. I skipped something important. The most important. The best console that was ever made. The so Wii, full of it, dude. The Nintendo Wii. The, everyone and their mother owned a Wii. Nintendo Wii was garbage. Uh, it was good for its time, but wow, I cannot believe. I mean, we played a lot of Brawl. It depends what you play on it. Yeah, Brawl, like the Nintendo games, great. But me, I used to play Black Ops on the Wii. So in eighth grade, Call of Duty was the stuff. Yeah. Okay, and so. Everybody got into Black Ops 1. Black Ops 1 was my first Call of Duty because my dad had a PlayStation 3 and he finally let me get Call of Duty uh, because it had a graphic content sensor. Oh, yeah. Of and I was SpongeBob like, PG-13 yes. Filter. I was like, yes, I can play this. Uh, I, I would secretly turn the graphic content on because if you turn it off, it would limit you. You couldn't uh, dismember zombies, which means oh, you couldn't yeah. make crawlers. Which yeah, is an important that meta. That is, that's unfortunate. Yeah, I remember. So that. I used to switch it on when I play zombies, hey. so I could throw grenades and blow off the legs of the zombies, and they could only crawl at you with arms. Yeah. And I was like, okay, because it's important. If you've played Call of Duty Zombies, Real it's strats. important to have crawlers because that that makes them slow, and you can you actually like, explore the map you can without like go being to the bathroom. You yeah. Can, you could hold the crawler for me. I gotta babysit. Go eat some dinner hey, can you babysit something. for me? Exactly. You know? yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But no, those are great. Um. I used to play on the Wii, and then after that, I graduated from the Wii and I got a PlayStation Three, and that's that's where majority of my gaming actually was. Uh, PlayStation Three. Uh, you missed something huge, dude. What did I miss? You used to play RuneScape like twenty four seven. Well, I'm talking about console gaming though. I know, but we're like we're talking about esports, dude. PC is there. If we're going okay, if we're talking, well, PC came in later in my life towards the actual competitive things. Yeah. RuneScape is not competitive in the slightest. But you played MapleStory and RuneScape, and I think those are important. Those were earlier on. This was before actually my Game Boy Advance stuff. Yeah. If we're talking about PC. Yeah. My my, my PC gaming uh, in earlier days was on my mom's computer, which was absolutely awful. <laughs> I think we can all attest to having a really bad. We've all computer. had that junky, like uh, PP gray white. You know, yeah. <laughs> I'm talking about that really, like... really garbage computer. 
but I, I definitely did play the MMO, uh, MMOs. Uh, RuneScape, Maple Story was very, very popular back then. They still kind of have a, a you know Club a Penguin now. Definitely not Club Penguin. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know why, but I just could never really get into Club Penguin. I didn't play any of those, so yeah, I didn't really. I wasn't a fan. But that was my PC gaming for then. I only really played the MMOs and the non-competitive stuff because I couldn't. My computer didn't really have the 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 hardware to handle anything past just really really basic casual things. But after the PlayStation, after I played, I mean, on the PlayStation, I played like the Black Ops, Battlefield Three, Black Ops and Battlefield Three. That was the best era of console gaming for me. Yeah, a lot of people disagree. But I really like those two games. I actually don't think a lot of people would disagree. A lot, uh, a lot of people, of people don't had like Black Ops. No, but a lot of people had gaming consoles in that era. The Modern Warfare Two Black Ops One era was like big for our generation. That's true. It, uh, it was good. Yeah, and and I think it's important to note because as we're talking about esports, Call of Duty was the first like game that blew up in the mainstream, and. I'm not going to say it is the first because obviously Halo 2 tournaments were kicking off as far as MLG goes, right? Yeah, Halo was was pretty um, early there. Call of Duty was such a phenomenon for people at the Modern Warfare 2 Black Ops time that being MLG or being phased was such a big thing. With YouTube starting up and, uh, you know, quick scoping montages and a bunch of, like, skill shot, like, basically just, like, people showing off in the game. Like, MLG was the center point of talking like you go online and people be like oh i'm gonna mlg quick scope you dude i'm so good like i'll i'll show you my skill 1v1 me 1v1 private match like they'll like they'll start yelling at you and things like that it was so toxic but it was also like such a foundation for what competitive gaming could be yeah and you tell me all the time i got a playstation 3 just so i could see final kill cam in black ops oh yeah i was really i mean i i i used to think myself i i never really think of myself as a competitive player I'd really, I like to be casual. Everyone, okay. I see you rolling. only play competitive games. I do Bob. not, come on. I do not play only, MMOs are not very competitive. They can be. World of Warcraft, like World of Warcraft, you have like the dungeon stuff. That can be competitive. You don't even play World of Warcraft. Well, I, I play, tried a bit and it, it can be pretty competitive. Uh, yeah, it, was, it wasn't as good, it, but like you say, oh, I tried it for a bit for your tri- free trial, dude. Um, did you actually pay for a subscription? I did. I, I uh, When it was on sale for Black Friday, I tried out the expansion. Uh, I think it was, um, this was before BFA. Uh, it was, uh, about, uh, this was like, I think it was Legion. Yeah, it was Legion. And you don't know what that means. No, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Anyways, it was it was one of the expansions of World of Warcraft. I thought yeah. it was a great game, but I I don't have the time to sink into the game. And like that not enough like drive to actually buy it, right? Well, I bought the game, actually. It was pretty cheap when I was on sale, but I'm not going to pay for, you know, like, Thirteen dollars a month. The the main cost was the was the, the membership. Yeah, yeah. So, but I don't see myself as very competitive. You can disagree. I totally everyone, disagree. everyone everyone knows everyone who knows me disagrees. Dude, everyone that knows you disagrees because the second we'll sit down at my house, you'll be like, one v one me, Rust. I'm gonna destroy you. Oh, or you fantastic. go like one v one this game, and you'll just like, Bob destroys me every time we play any game. So the thing is, though, is within esports, a lot of it isn't due to is it doesn't come down to the one v one. Esports is a team game. It's a you know yeah you have, you have your you have your team going on, and so it's it's interesting to look at uh, the branch off from how Call of Duty everyone was like a one v one me rust intervention only, and now it turns into you know a, a team working together to to achieve a common goal. That's that's something that I thought was cool looking at at least the Call of Duty esports scene. 
So let me just read off Wikipedia. I know, what a great news, or obviously reliable source, but uh, just kind of categories of what esports are. Um, their definition is that it's a uh, competition using video games, and the industry has been growing since the 2000s, uh, and 2010 esports were a significant factor in the video game industry. Uh, many developers actively pursued an esports culture for their game. Now, the most common uh, known genres in esports are RTS, which stands for real time strategy, uh, first person shooter games, fighting or fighter games, multiplayer online battle arenas, which are MOBAs, uh, like League of Legends, bat and battle royale games. So, some of the games that include popularity for MOBAs, at least, there's League of Legends and Dota 2. Uh, for first person shooters, we got Counter Strike, Call of Duty. Uh, Crossfire, Rainbow Six, Overwatch, and for fighting games, of course, Super Smash Bros. is a big one. Uh, Street Fighter is still pretty big. I know they do some fighting tournaments for Injustice and, and the NetherRealm games, which include, um, uh, shoot, Mortal Kombat and, and whatnot. And then um, they also have esports for some mobile games, including the collectible card game Hearthstone. Uh, and then, of course, the most recent emerging, e uh, sorry, not esports. Yeah, esports uh, game is for the battle royale genre. We got games like Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, Fortnite Battle Royale, and uh, yeah. So uh, I, I'm, I forgot to mention RTS titles like StarCraft is the big one. Well, for, you did uh, mention RTS earlier. Yeah, but I just want to say StarCraft is like the majority. It's, yeah, of it's huge. That. I'd I'd say I'd say a, a huge portion of uh, esports actually originated in Korea. Uh, early, I mean, I don't think they necessarily had this in uh, early '90s. But from the 90s onwards, it definitely gained traction in Korea. And it led to the um, the founding of, I think it's called um, KESPA. I think it's like the Korean like esports uh, association, association. So I actually have some history right here, according to Wikipedia. Oh, And I think wonderful. that that's, I, I think what you're saying is valuable. But uh, apparently, the earliest known video game competition took place on uh, October 19th of 1972. Which is ancient. Yeah, they're old. They go back. They're uh, more recent times. It happened at Stanford University and is with a game called Space War. What? Um, it was the Intergalactic Space War Olympics. Um, that sounds amazing. Which was a grand prize uh, for a year subscription of Rolling Stones or something like that. I don't know what's, what they're talking about here. Wow. But uh, there's also a Space Invaders championship on Atari in 1980. And, uh, you know, games and competition... There's no like, there's no reason why they wouldn't be put into some level of sports. Now, there's always been a big conversation about well, they're not really sports. Are they really sports? And I think that that conversation has kind of been put to rest as the the industry grows. You know, back in it says here, uh, the global esports marketed revenue in the U.S. was uh, granted to U. Uh, this is U.S. dollars, uh, three hundred twenty five million dollars in revenue in twenty fifteen, and. Um, just in 2016, it, it was expected to make around 493 million, which is an over 100 million dollar increase. So this market is growing rapidly, and you can just see from the Twitch streaming culture and and things like that that esports is is becoming bigger and bigger. And you know, as I was sitting down with Bob to talk about what we want to talk about today, I knew that we were going to probably get caught up into talking about what was important. In, a, in our past and our childhood and whatnot and growing up together in high school that stuff is fun and all but we also spend so much time playing games and talking about games really when I sat down with you I was like what to you being one of the most critical people I know about video games 
what to you makes a good esports game? Now, for me, I think well, there's a lot of esports to choose from. You have you have esports in a whole bunch of different genres. You have you know, like you said, you have the RTS, you have like League, you have things like that. Even uh, there's mobile games, esports like uh, Clash Royale, the this the the, the sister game of uh, Clash of Clans. Yes. Y'all remember that has an esport. They call it CRL. Really? Interestingly, yeah, they have an esport. No way. It's it's cool though because it actually is somewhat active. They they, yeah. do, they do take it seriously. Which leads to what I think makes what makes up a good esport is, I think, I'm not really technical when it comes to esports because I don't really follow them too much. I just kind of look at the I look at them on the outside and look at each community on the outside surface level. Yeah. When I when I when I see an esport that looks good and looks looks like it's flourishing and people care about it, it you just have to look at the company that makes the game and that and how how it treats its players. When you see a game that alienates its player base and only and only caters to people who are in the pro level it kind of just it creates a divide between the casual everyday player who, who watches esports and then tries to go play their games and the you know the guy who's playing and streaming for a living it creates a huge just sense of how would you say it's just it's just a huge split people well, they- people don't feel like they can do what what they see in those pro games so it just it doesn't seem it doesn't seem feasible to them a good example would be in uh, at least Overwatch. If you look at Overwatch right now, I think the the most the overwhelming composition, the team composition in Overwatch right now is they call it goats. Right. Not entirely sure what it can sit like what each character is in it, but I know that it's mainly a tank kind of composition. Right. And a lot of these compositions that are played in competitive games, uh, people can't play them. Like normal people, they they can't they can't execute the same level of play with that composition. Yeah. These compositions, they require not only like communication, but they require skill. And when you see that the meta is based off of these, this competitive scene, how that doesn't translate well to the latter and, and, and normal folks. Yeah, and so if you don't know or if you, if you care about Overwatch, it's a hero-based shooter, right? Where instead of picking custom classes or picking guns, you pick characters that have specific abilities. Kind of like... If you want to think of it as a very simple way of thinking of a game, like you look at a game like chess, each piece has its own ability, right? Yeah. And so, but like certain pieces play better against other pieces, and that's kind of how Overwatch works as a shooter, right? Like if you're playing the ninja that can jump around named Genji, uh, he's really good for abusing healers in the back line that will heal other other characters. But if you have this guy named Winston who's a monkey. He has an electricity gun that shoots in a bunch of different directions. Genji's little jumps and flips, they can't dodge that. So he gets, like, melted. Or you got someone who flies in the sky with a rocket launcher named Farah. Uh, she has an easy time fighting the monkey because his electric gun doesn't reach her. But a character like McCree, who's a cowboy and has a pistol, can shoot her out of the sky pretty easily, depending. Right? So the game is very based on, like, this... You know, you pick from a, a cast of characters, and then the whole game is about switching... Uh, you have these ultimate abilities. There's like an economy based on that. And, you know, Bob and I were talking about how the game, it's 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 weird because Overwatch is being backed by ESPN. It's being played on ESPN. Uh, there are people who care about sports who are putting tons of money into this. You watch a Overwatch stream right now for an esports event, and it is super high production. Like extremely high production for small games like games that don't really matter that much and there's like ad deals and and stuff like it's extremely commercialized and 
when you and I were talking about it, Bob, you're like, there's this disconnect between player and pro scene. It's like, I was thinking, how do you bridge that gap? Where, where is, where's another esport doing that better? I guess is what I'm saying. I think a good example, uh, I mean, this, this comes from was bias for me. Uh, the, I played a game for a large portion of time in high school, League of Legends, very popular, uh, MOBA game, not the same genre, not first person shooter. It, uh, it, it generally, it, it focuses on having, there's uh there's a map with three different lanes and you can choose, uh, you can choose a bunch of different characters, kind of like Overwatch where you have like a mage or like a, you know, like an archer or a huge beefy tank guy. And you just kind of, you battle it out and you, you fight, you fight your opponent until you can reach the enemy's base, which is called the Nexus. You can take like the middle, they call it the mid lane, take the bottom lane, take the top lane. And there's also actually another role, which is like the kind of like the space between each lane. It's like a, it's like a square and it's called the jungle. But the way that, the reason why I think that league's pro scene is, um, is in more in tune with the, the, the normal player base, while it still has its own issues, don't get me wrong. There are a lot of problems there just because of the nature of having pros that have that know what they're doing that are that are communicating with pros that actually know what they're doing that that level of play cannot be obtained by normal players that's definitely you cannot reach that yeah that's just a given but when you see fo- when when folks see these these games being played in uh like the LCS like the competitive league scene you can you can see champions. You can see characters that can be played in a fashion that you could, that anyone can play them. You can just pick it up and you can try it. You can try it yourself. Now the coordination is a bit different. You, you can't coordinate the same, obviously. But anything can be played in League if you are good enough to play it. Whereas with Overwatch, you have an issue where you cannot. No matter how good you are, you are still going to be limited by the character choices. So because a certain composition is is prevalent in like the you know the metagame it severely limits people's ability to do things right you i mean what was sad is i was watching this esports game for overwatch recently and you know if you listen to the show i talk about how much i love overwatch we play it all the time bob and i play it all the time um it's great and the game is fun but when you're the fun thing about playing at our skill level which is we're in like the gold bracket which is like the mid tier that's where everyone is usually now silver uh, uh yeah well shut up bob i'm we're dropping hard, okay, in the competitive rank system. Um, the thing about our, the the level of play we're at is that people aren't that good, and they also are willing to try weird things, right? That's what makes the game fun, right? You can really mix and match at the level we're playing at, and sometimes it works, and most of the time it doesn't, but it's like, that's the enjoyable part. When I'm sitting down and watching the eSports game for Overwatch... Their matches don't look anything like ours. We we play the game in such a, a terrible, unprofessional way that's sloppy, and we mix up characters, and it's wild, and you see like these crazy plays happen in our games, right? Even though we're low skill, like you see some people like have amazing moments. Not Smurfs, right? Those are characters who are much higher level that make new accounts just to destroy young players. But like we have moments where Bob will play a character and he'll get lucky with his skill. And we'll end up like doing something crazy. We'll just dominate the enemy team, and we'll be like, "Oh, that was so awesome! That was super cool!" You know, like that's how the game's supposed to feel. When you watch com- the competitive mode, both teams have almost identical compositions. Yeah, they're running three tanks, which are beefy, and three supports, which are like they'll heal them. And then you watch these people bump into each other forever because there's cameramen operating. So you watch all the characters just run into each other and slap each other around the 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 fighting area and it's just like 
okay. Like, there's no, like, oh, my goodness moments. They happen sometimes. Like, you'll see them happen occasionally. The match I watched was surprisingly more aggressive. And part of me was, like, I know this sounds conspiratorial, but I was, like, I wonder if they're, like, trying to make it more interesting. Like They do. Yeah. They're, like, because there was this one character who's, like, oh, there's this kid. He plays Reinhardt, who's, like, this big tank guy that has a, a he's wearing like super armor and has a hammer that he swings around yeah. and a shield and like oh he's playing Reinhardt and usually Reinhardt's like you can play him two ways there's like the protector tank class where he's like there to support his team and create a wall to protect everyone right it's a shooter so it's great to have that wall and then there's another playstyle that's like hyper aggressive charging in there hitting people with your hammer like it's not the safe way to play right uh, it's not necessarily the bad way to play, but it's definitely the more difficult, like, you have to be quite tasteful when you use that aggressive play style. This one player was, like, doing that the entire time, and I was like, I don't know if, like, I don't, like, he was dying, too. I was like, I don't know if this is, like, the best play style. I'm not a pro, but at the same time, I'm like, whoa, like, it's weird that he's being that aggressive, and back in my head, I'm like, is this stage scripted. i don't i don't know if it's scripted i i it's weird and then they'd have like these big plays and the announcers would be like oh my gosh yeah. look at that and it's just like i don't know man like usually it you're right there's a disconnect because i play the game yeah so the but the main issue is is a lot of the companies they struggle with balancing the game for both parties right Right. It's really difficult to keep one side happy because if one what's what's strong in the in the latter what with, with casual play can be completely useless in the competitive play. Yeah. But, but people still want to have it nerfed, and it's just it's very difficult, which is understandable. That's the issue that Overwatch faces right now, which I think is limiting it because you have you have these things that like these pieces these these characters that people play, for example, that are fun, flashy, they do damage. But they're not good in competitive play. So right. You don't see like, what you play in you know your normal games. You think, oh, it's really fun to watch. It's fun to play. People don't play it in competitive because that's not what gives them the win. Yeah, that's and what it comes down to. You're talking about how Overwatch is a shooter, and I know a while back we had an episode about first-person shooters and how they mix the fluid motion of a platformer with a precision-based like skill shooting thing. That's what makes those first person shooters competitive, right? We talked about this idea, Cameron and I, on an episode like four four episodes ago or something like that. And what what sucks about Overwatch's competitive scene is they've implemented something called crowd control. Can you kind of explain what that is, Bob? Oh yeah. So crowd control is a term that's been I'm not entirely sure the the origin of it beside aside from the the MOBA scene because that's where a lot of my gaming competitively, you could say, yeah. came from. Crowd control is is kind of like it's uh it's an ability to hold down a character and stop it stop them from doing an action. Right. So it could be like an, in a form of a stun where you can't move your character, a silence where you can't do anything, where you can't you can't do any actions, things like that. Just wh- whatever that makes you just that moves you around or just enables you from having control of your character. An issue that the Overwatch has had recently is they're a first person shooter game. The first-person shooters are not really games that have had exp- have, have had exposure to crowd control. You when you're playing Call of Duty, not much really. Like you can't really just nothing really traps you in place, do they? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're talking about first-person shooters. How, like in the episode before, we talked about how they're a platformer and like a skill thing. Yeah. So it's odd to have a game that 
removes mobility. the platformer mobility that you're so used to being connected to, right? Yeah. If you think you, the game is from the perspective of first person, right? It would be weird if you were walking around and you just were frozen for exactly. a second, you know? Or you were bopped out of the world or stunned. Like, you're supposed to have that feeling of control. Yeah. You know? And this is nothing new because with the, the main release of Overwatch, they had they had this character called May, which, which could freeze people and hold them in place. But... It's a bit different with uh, with the new characters that, that they released in Overwatch, where it makes it a lot easier to, to move people around and knock them around. It's like instantaneous. May, you have to freeze them for May a little bit time. of time, right? There's, yeah, exactly. A lot of players have left the game because they, they don't agree with the direction that they're taking it within uh, these new characters. They have a new character that uh, can shield bash. They have a the, This girl has a ride shield, and she can just bash people and stun them. And that causes a huge issue because within these games, within Overwatch, when you're casting an ultimate, a lot of these characters, when they when they cast an ultimate, it can be canceled. You can cancel it with crowd control. Crowd right. control, like, for example, say you have a character that has an ultimate that has a channel time. It lasts five seconds. Yeah. You cast it, and you're like, oh, this is going to be great. I'm going to use my ultimate. I'm going to do a lot of stuff with it. And unfortunately, they just they click one button, and you can't do anything anymore. You're useless. Yeah. That's a huge issue that Overwatch has right now. And that's, I think, why a lot of people left the game. Because it just, it it used to be a game where you weren't countered as, you weren't, the counters weren't as, as big of an issue. You were able to play what you wanted to play and you'd be okay. But now you play a character and you'd have to switch immediately because, oh, they're playing that one character. You can't do this. And it just, people want to play a specific character yeah. you don't want you don't want to just keep switching to something you don't want to play and that's where it creates a huge issue i think you know we've talked about implementing a ban system similar to league of legends and just if you're a, if you're an audio listener bob and i don't play a lot of esports outside of league and o- overwatch those are the two that we play primor- pri- primarily i have a lot of friends who play smash bros i love the new smash 5 but I don't know anything about the meta. We can talk wave dash, whatever. I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, like we don't we don't know much about that stuff. Like, well, I'll watch anything occasionally. CS:GO, Smash Bros. I don't watch League because League doesn't make sense to me. But that's true. Um, nah, it doesn't make sense to me, man. I don't understand <laughs> what's happening there either. Hasagi. Uh, yes. So, exactly. um, but yeah, like I apologize if you came to hear something else. Like we're gonna kind of compare the two because you think Bob that. League of Legends esports is in a healthier position, so it's a good idea to compare and contrast the two to see what's going right and wrong. Especially, yeah, it's in my opinion, it's much healthier. Uh, actually, uh, there was um, one of the casters for League uh, a couple years ago. He switched actually to Overwatch's pro scene. Yeah, and I was watching a video of his a couple a couple days ago, and he was talking about how he wants to he wants to change to uh, Overwatch's Q system, where because uh, in Overwatch you can have six players. Yeah. And he wants that. He wants uh, when League first started out, you could have you could play whatever you wanted. Like people would just have like two people top lane, people would have two people bottom lane, and you'd have like one person mid lane. Yeah. And basically, what 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 that just means is is just people people did whatever they want, and it just kind of created some wild just variation. It was just it was strange. But over time, as League's pro scene developed, people started people started seeing. Oh wait, there's a there's a there's a certain way to play this game. That make that that's more efficient, so it ended up shifting, um, shifting actual making creating roles in league which didn't exist before. Right. Riot as a company, they didn't make the support, uh, the support like the support ADC role. They didn't make they didn't really make those roles. They kind of just came to be 
Came Naturally. Yeah. And then they supported it afterwards, right? Exactly. Issue with Overwatch is is it's it's a game that doesn't really have um have that doesn't have that capability because you, when you have hero switch and you have things like that, it's a different kind of game. FPS just functions differently. Yeah. What this caster uh, suggested was to have a two-two-two lock, if that makes sense. Right. So you would have two supports, you would have two tanks, you would have two um, two uh, DPS attack, attack. Yeah. Yeah. So he he suggests that you have a lock so you can only have two of each because in Overwatch you can have four DPS like four attackers and like one healer and it just creates some imbalance. But he he suggested to have it kind of be equal and, and be and be. Uh, just kind of just two, two, two. You could have two of each, and you can't have more. Yeah. Which would solve an issue right now in, in Overwatch Pro Scene where you have, like, three tanks. That that wouldn't be possible anymore. Mm-hmm. It could solve issues like that. Each pro, each 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 eSport functions on a different level. There's yeah. different things because of how the way the game works. There's different things that kind of just make it bad, make it good, and things like that. But also a huge thing, definitely, is the, the, the game development... Uh, the path that they take some some decisions i think that blizzard made they could have definitely avoided some of some of the bad some of the bad pr they've gotten recently yeah it seems that a lot of the community based around overwatch right now feels neglected and as if the game is just going downhill and dead now bob and i actually took uh 6 to 8 months off from playing overwatch probably and we've played it since day 1 since the game came out. Yeah, roughly. When we took like two or three seasons off because we were playing Fortnite and we were doing other games. And as we returned, it was fun. But honestly, like it's been probably four months since getting back into it or something. It's been, get, it's been getting pretty stale. Um, Yeah, it's, it's just like the game is so close to good. You talking about that two 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 system bothers me because I l- always love the idea of like being able to mix Having it up. Flexibility. Having yeah. like that crazy like wildness but i see what he's saying if what bothers me is it's like well if everybody's playing tank and healer then just decrease the ability of tank and healer see the issue with that is is it's a little bit more complex in the game balance side it's hard to affect especially in a game with overwatch where you can switch and you can you you can just switch it switch at free will and just change something the balance of those characters really matter because you could just switch something op and all of a sudden the game's over it would be ridiculous a huge reason why I think two 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 is actually a good idea is because it enables people to f- it forces people to pick an attack character in 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 metas that only have tank characters. Yeah. Right. So you can't just have oh I'm just gonna we're just gonna pick a bunch of tanks and just heal them and just you know just slap you guys to death. That doesn't yeah. make sense. You would have in the pro scene where say you like it you like a specific attack character Genji for example. If you have a person who wants to watch the watch the competitive scene and wants to see Genji. You will never see Genji right now. That won't happen. Yeah, uh, it just doesn't exist. But if you if you saw a a two 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 system where they were forced to pick offensive characters, the likelihood of seeing Genji is very high because yeah. they're forced to pick those characters. Well, they're not. I mean, that does take away some flexibility and some creativity to the matchups. But I think. But I don't. I don't. Good. I don't think it. At the same time, Overwatch is now cracking at like thirty heroes now, or something like that. Somewhere around there. There's like. Eight tanks or something. I, I'm probably getting the numbers wrong. There's a lot of tanks. There's a lot of healers, and there's a lot of DPS. So even though it's like okay, two 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 limits it. There's still so much variation in that. Exactly. Like there's still a lot of variation. Exactly. 
And it's better than watching a bunch of big figures knocking into each other and not dying. Or yeah, or just yeah, just those those huge those huge compositions where it's like, oh, we are immortal. Fear us. Like you can't kill us, but we can kill you. (laughs) It's ridiculous. It's it's absolutely crazy. League actually had a portion in their competitive uh, their competitive um, life uh, couple. I think this was season five. Season five of uh, of League, they had this one item which enabled the support character. To heal us, uh, the eighty carry, the, the damage dealer. Right. They basically the, the entire team built a bunch of items that made one character unkillable, and the entire game was settled was basically around two people becoming gods and destroying <laughs> the other god. It was literally, it was just, it was a joke. No one found it fun to watch. Yeah. Everyone was like, "Dude, this is ridiculous." It's literally just whoever messes up, like whichever, whichever. <laughs> Can god you imagine messes. that meta, like being in Overwatch? That would be insane. The god character. Well, we could see with uh with Baptist coming out. Or Baptist. 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 Uh, when with with all of those those you know those boosts and stuff when oh you charge them dude together. the soldier seventy six and a boost oh my yeah. gosh it's gonna be disgusting. I don't think it will be anywhere near the level of you know because it's a bit different league with items, but. That would be crazy, but again, when you have let's the imbalance, try, dude, let's try that with a bot match today. Good, yeah, let's do it. But when you have an imbalance like that, where you have one thing overpowering everything else, and just you have to do it or you lose, yeah, that's where it just it's not fun to watch. Yeah, exactly. And I and I think that's that's really when it comes down to like enjoyability of watching the esport. Yeah, is 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 there variability? No, then why am I watching this? Yeah, uh, you want to see new things. If you see the same three compositions over and over again, it's a coin flip. Why? Why? What's the point of watching that? Well, you know, you look at normal like professional sports though, and they can be pretty similar all the That's time. That's true. Now, usually the differences are in nuance, right? And so I can see a counter argument for the point you're making, right? Where yeah. it's like you watch football and the plays you can't really pick up on unless you're well aware of what's going on That's right true. That's true. you can be like oh the nuance of that play was actually really different than what i normally see right and so like it's understandable how probably some of these pro scenes are like well it's okay if they see the same thing every time if you play it's more about the nuance right yeah, it's more about the way that the players play That's true. and i hear that argument but i think it goes back to the first thing you were saying which is if the players of the actual game feel disassociated with the pro scene. Yeah. Like, when we play Overwatch, it is a cluster of chaos, dude. Yeah, no one cares. <laughs> yeah, it is It is super crazy. And I've seen some cool stuff in that game. Like, like when you see an attack sim with a Torb, like, that yeah, makes... Yeah. Defensive n- characters going on attack. It, it makes no sense, but then great. they'll steamroll you, and you're like, I don't know how that happened. I've never seen anything like that, you know? It's like, why can't we see cool strategies like that? Because it's just not viable in the meta, right? Yeah, you don't... Uh, that's that's also something I noticed way a couple years ago when I was looking at some of the uh, the COD like esports, right? Right, right. Call of Duty esports, a lot of camping. Yeah. You have a lot of very slow gameplay, which is understandable. Whenever something's on, on the line, it makes sense to want to do the best things to be as cautious as possible. Yeah. And... I think that's a huge thing that people have to deal with, at least in, in the esport, you know, in the esports scene. Is how do you make something enjoyable to watch when people are trying their hardest to, to win, and because they're trying their hardest to win, they have to play as carefully as possible. Yeah. Because no one wants to watch someone play super carefully. That's really boring. Yeah. Because that's not how people play. People play. They pick up a game. They start doing crazy things. Yeah. That's fun. You know, the wildness of it is fun. You're not playing a video game to play. You know, like 
you know, life simulator where you're going to a job and coming back. You're not like GTA. Let's be honest, GTA Five. <laughs> that is a job. That's a second. That's a second job. Yeah. Like you, you want to buy some shark cards? You better pay up. Sorry, that was <laughs> that was a bit random, but. Games are supposed to be fun and wild, and when you see things like very slow, very cautious, it makes sense. But they definitely need to try to, sh- to shake that up in some kind of way. Yeah. Which it's beyond me. It, each game is different. In League, the way that the way that they did it recently is they just changed a lot of the items and they made it they made it more efficient for damage items to 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 be built. So because of that, more damage dealing characters were were played in competitive. Things like that. It's harder in Overwatch because you don't have that kind of, you know, the items. And There's an RPG system. and The efficiency of yeah. it, you know, things like that. You can directly nerf characters, but the issue with that is, is when you directly nerf a character, you're also, in, you're also indirectly buffing a character, and you're, you're just changing a lot of things. There's a lot of moving parts whenever you change the stats of a character, which is why I think that the 2-2-2 system is pretty nice because you're not directly affecting the... The tanks that are the, the main offenders in this in this three tank composition. Yeah. Because if you hit them too hard, they'll never come back up. And then once you buff them again, they'll create a huge issue. Again. Exactly. Well, I think those are interesting thoughts. Any last ideas for esports, Bob? Um, I think esports. A lot of people they don't really they don't really see esports very seriously right now. And I while it while it makes sense, I think there's still like you said there's a lot of room for growth in the future. Yeah. Uh a lot of people especially with Twitch facilitating these new upcoming people upcoming streamers like trying to be competitive and things like that. You look at of course the famous Ninja people <laughs> the role model of a whole bunch of new Fortnite uh-huh. kids. Yeah, right. Uh people have seen these these streamers and they've they've uh, they've they've been influenced to try to be competitive and try to be the best that they can at the games which yeah. creates a huge a much larger audience that esports has ever had before right right so it's definitely something to keep on the lookout for the future but whether or not the games that we see right now are going to still exist down the down the line we'll see it'll it's a constantly it's going to be constantly evolving but when you look at games like starcraft for example that have been going on for over you know over a decade years they starcraft has been alive for a yeah. long time yeah it just shows that esports is definitely here to stay, and well, it's it should be an interesting thing to see how how they evolves. Because in Korea, it's really huge. In the United States, it has room to grow. Yeah. Because in the United States, people currently only really care about the, you know, the actual sports. But in Korea, over there, they treat esports as their their actual sports. They yeah, have huge yeah. stadiums where they go and they go they they go look at these these huge events like league events. They fill up like these football stadiums with these league events. It's a huge thing. It's not yet over here. It, it, it's it's hard to say whether or not it'll achieve the same kind of status over here. Probably not, because the culture is a bit different. But there's definitely a lot more to see from esports. For well, sure. yeah, it'll be fun to see in like 15 years if we're even playing the same games, right? I, I don't think so. I mean, Overwatch two. Here we Overwatch go. Overwatch two. Ooh. We got a uh, an item system in this one. <laughs> oh yes, yes. That's great. That'd be wild. Well. Bob, thank you for being on the show. Thanks for covering for Cameron today. Uh, we went to an hour 46, so hopefully you guys enjoyed the extra content. Ladies and gentlemen, if you enjoyed Everything Comes From Something, you can check us out on patreon.com slash podcast. We appreciate you listening to the end of the show. We hope you have a great week, and we'll see you next Monday.